Good, good afternoon, everybody. Um, Reggie, would you open us with a prayer, please? All right. Dear Lord, we thank you for this uh, beautiful day. We thank you for the sunshine, warmer temperatures today, and we thank you for another opportunity, Lord, we can uh, meet here in this home and uh, with these good people, and we just pray, Father, that uh, you would bless our time together. Uh, we pray that you would... Uh, be with each one and uh, help them uh, to open their hearts and minds to the message today and Amen. may each of us be blessed and drawn closer to you yeah. and we thank you for what you're going to do in Jesus name Amen, Amen. Thank you right <laughs> thank and, you. and Lord I just want to thank you for a beautiful day thank you Lord for your salvation for going to the cross for dying for all of our sins for everybody in this room and Father, for sending your Son, and that your Holy Spirit would be with us today, please guide my words that I say, and that the ears would be open to your word, and that you, our minds would understand what you're trying to say from your precious gospel. We love you, Father. Amen. So we're going to be looking today at um, three verses from Ezekiel, and it's from the 18th chapter, and it's on the, on the front page of your handout, and I will read those three verses verses, and then we'll try to jump into a little bit more on what they might mean. Um, Ezekiel 18.30, 18.31, and Ezekiel 18.32. Therefore, I will judge you, O house of Israel, everyone according to his ways, saith the Lord God. Repent and turn yourselves from all your transgressions, so iniquity shall not be your ruin. Cast away from you all your transgressions, whereby ye have transgressed, and make you a new heart and a new spirit. For why will you die, O house of Israel? For I have no pleasure in the death of him that dieth, saith the Lord God. Wherefore, turn yourselves and live ye. At this time in Israel's history, King Josiah had just passed away. And the nation of Israel had already been judged by God for their idolatry and their wicked practices. And the time frame here is approximately 600 years before Christ, so about 2,600 years ago. And the Bible has three major prophets, major being big books that were written on behalf of them. And it was Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel. Isaiah lived about 700 years before Christ when he wrote Isaiah 51, that very um, important passage from Scripture about Jesus going to the cross. And Jeremiah and Ezekiel were contemporaries. And also Daniel was a contemporary of Ezekiel. And when God had judged Israel, he had put off the actual judgment portion of it until Josiah passed. And after King Josiah died, the nation of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, he came to conquer Israel. And Jerusalem was set up on a high mountain, on a hillside. And that's where the Temple Mount was. And at that Temple Mount, at this time, the Israelite nation, they had false idols set up there. And God was angry at them because they were worshiping false gods. Nebuchadnezzar's army came in, and while they were sieging Jerusalem, they took captives. And some of those initial captives were Daniel and a group of other Israelites that Nebuchadnezzar took into the kingdom in Babylon. And approximately nine years later, they took a second group. And in this second group was Ezekiel. 
And Ezekiel was approximately 25 years old when he was taken to Babylon. And he was married, by the way. This was a huge event in his life. Ezekiel was training to be a priest. And under the Jewish tradition, which had started with Aaron and, and the worship way back in the desert with Moses, an Israelite priest was not fully vested until he became 30 years old. By the way, that's why Jesus, being a prophet and priest and king, didn't start his public ministry until he was 30. On Ezekiel's 30th birthday, after he had been in this area outside of Babylon for approximately five years, God gave him the first of a series of visions. And the vision was that Jesus was going to take his presence out of Jerusalem because of the false worships and actually move his presence into Babylon. And then to return, Ezekiel had a number of a series of visions, and this was the first one. Today we're going to focus in on Ezekiel chapter 18, which is kind of like 40% of the way. There's 40, 48 chapters, as I remember, in Ezekiel. So chapter 18 is not quite halfway through. But let's take a look at, at, at the handout. Um, I've titled this message, Repent, or Sin Will Be the Ruin of Your Soul. So I think we all know what ruin means. Ruin is like when you wreck something and you can't use it. I remember when my son, Josiah, or, um, Justin, he's my second son, we were making cookies. And he mixed up the sugar with the salt. So he put salt in place of the sugar. Those were nasty cookies. And so basically, his mistake ruined the cookies. Now, when we sin, that's not a mistake. A sin is a choice. But God says when we sin, that's going to ruin our soul. And really, these verses are focusing in on when we sin, we've ruined our soul, but God is good, and he gives us the means, the method to fix our broken and ruined soul. And that's the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And through faith, we can fix our soul, and Jesus will redeem our soul so that we don't have to go to hell, that we can be with him forevermore in the rest of the kingdom with Christ in heaven. So let's look at the first verse here, 1830. Therefore, I will judge you, O house of Israel, everyone according to his ways, saith the Lord. Repent. And turn yourselves from all your transgressions, so iniquity will not be your ruin. And is, look at the next verse, 18.4, please. Behold, all souls are mine. As the soul of the Father, so also the soul of the Son is mine. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. So in the Jewish tradition, the Father would either bless his Son or curse his Son with the sins that he committed or the wealth that he accrued. And they believe that the sins of the father could be passed on to the sins of the son. Now, the, in, in practic, practically speaking, let's say I was an alcoholic, and my four sons, my six children, grew up in an alcoholic home. They very well could become alcoholics. Because the Bible does say that sins are passed on to the third generation. However... That doesn't necessarily mean you have to walk in the, in the footsteps of your parents. Because this verse is saying, all souls are God's, as the soul of the Father, so also the soul of the Son is God's, and the soul that sinneth, it will die. And as we're going to see as we unfold this chapter, Jesus says, each one of us stand on our own merits. 
I cannot go to heaven because of my grandma praying for me, nor can I bring my children into the kingdom because I'm praying for them. God has to work in their life, and they have to receive Jesus as Savior on an individual, personal basis. I don't have enough grace in me from Christ to save my whole family. I have enough grace from Christ to save me. They have to make it right with God on an individual basis, and we're going to look at that a little bit more in detail. Ezekiel 18.20 says, The soul that sinneth, it shall die. Do you see this consistent? The soul that sins will die. The, the Bible says, For there are none righteous, no, not one. For all of sin that comes short of the glory of God. There's not a just man upon earth that doeth good and sinneth not. God is consistent. The, the sin nature that we inherited from Adam and Eve, going all the way back to the creation story, is in us. We have a fallen sin nature. That's why we need a Redeemer. 18.20 goes on to say, The Son shall not bear the iniquity of the Father, neither shall the Father bear the iniquity of the Son. So that's saying, the sins of my dad don't rest on me at the judgment seat. It says, The righteousness of the, of the righteous shall be upon him, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon him. The man who's righteous through the blood of Christ, who's redeemed, who's saved, who's going to heaven, that's on him. It's not on the next person in, in the line. And the same way, the wickedness that the person has done who has rejected Jesus as their Savior, that wickedness is just on them. That wickedness doesn't go on to the children. We all must stand before the judgment seat of Christ and give an account. Ezekiel 18.21 says, But if the wicked will turn from all his sins that he has committed and keep all my statutes and do that which is lawful and right, he shall surely live. He shall not die. So God is saying, if you keep my commandments, you will live. You will go to heaven. You will have eternal life. Now let's not mix this up. It isn't because of the things that we have done by keeping the law that save us. The Bible says, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by his washing and his regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. However, the Bible also does say, if you love me, keep my commandments. So you will know the believer by their walk. If I say I'm a believer and every night I'm at the, at the, at the bar getting drunk, my, my works testify that I'm not a believer. But if I faithfully serve the Lord and want to be with his children and I want to pray to God and talk to God and honor God and raise my children up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord... Those are all evidences of a Christian faith and a walk. So you will know them by their fruits. Ezekiel 18.24 says, But when the righteous turneth away from his righteousness, and committeth iniquity, and doeth according to all the abominations of that wicked man, shall he live? God is saying, if this man is so wicked, is he going to live in heaven eternally? All his righteousnesses that he has done shall not be mentioned. In his trespass that he has trespassed, and in his sin that he has sinned, in them shall he die. There are many people who think they're going to heaven because of the work they have done. Because of the good, maybe they give some money to a church. Or maybe they worked at a charity once a month. Or they served in the armed forces. Or they say, I never stole, or I never got a traffic ticket. Or I went to church every week for 20 or 30 years. That will not get you to heaven. Right. God says he will not remember. In this verse, he's saying 
I will not remember any of those good works. But when the righteous turns away from his righteousness and commits an iniquity and doeth according to the abominations that the wicked man does, shall he live? All his righteousnesses that he has done shall not be mentioned at the, at the, white throne, at the great white throne judgment. Jesus has two judgment seats. The great white throne is for the people who never received him, who never believed him, that they rejected him as their God, Lord, and Savior.